Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story, on this, the final day of 2020. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so put a put a bow on it and uh, move on. Yeah. ASU basketball is not playing today, so we're going to focus to. Yeah. on ASU football and recapping the abbreviated 2020 season, the Sun Devils finished the year two and two losing two games late uh in the game and then beating up arizona and going on the road to beat oregon state ultimately asu played one home game during the year yeah yeah which served as the homecoming senior night and home opener (laughs) that's right that's right yeah yeah i don't even think they did they really do any senior festivities? I don't. I don't think they did. No, did they? and and it turns out that that was probably smart because uh, apparently Jack Jones is coming back, yeah. Evan Fields is coming back. Yeah, it appears we're going to have a, a you know a, a well stocked group. Um, you kind of got that feeling. I mean, I know I know these guys don't count against the eighty five limit next year, but you kind of you know you kind of got the feeling that you know as we had some guys that basically said you know asu's you know rescinded my offer i pull in my commitment that type of thing in the recruiting class that they expected maybe uh, you know maybe not as much playing time to be available and i don't think it will be uh you know which hey is great i mean we we talked about this season you know once we had all the cancellations especially was basically a, a dress rehearsal for 2021 and the more guys we can bring back the the more that should benefit us yeah, uh, one person who won't be back is tight end coach Derek Hagan, who's been uh, told his contract won't be renewed. It seems like they're going to promote the uh, grad assistant, Brenneman, who's right, been helping with right. recruiting, who played yeah. tight end. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I guess this, this is just the nature of the coaching business. I mean, you, you know, I think because it's Derek Hagan and he's an ASU I'll put it in quotes, legend. I, I don't know if he's really a legend, but he's a really, you know, he's a very good former ASU player. Um, you know, that it that it kind of like becomes a little bit more like, whoa, what are you doing? Getting rid of, but you know, hey, this is the nature of the business. He made a decision to get rid of Rob Likens last year after a winning season. And, and uh, you know, it appears that uh, obviously they, they weren't satisfied with his uh, performance in one way or another. And so, you know, moving on, I guess. Overall, I think that uh, it was a, a bumpy and uneven season for the Devils. For sure, for um, sure, yes, yes, no doubt about that. But I think there are a lot of positives. I, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. The running backs are, yeah, no doubt. The no doubt. I, I think the capital, the yeah, the capital yeah. H highlight of the team. Of the entire season, yeah. I mean, definitely offensively, but uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think for a, for a position group that started with such uncertainty, complete and total uncertainty, having you know no one who had had a you know a college carry on the roster, um, you know, it ended up being strength of the team certainly. And now, you know, admittedly, we uh, we only had four games. We didn't you know we didn't get the chance to see teams adjust to things and try to take it away in the last two games we, we didn't play particularly good defenses um but yeah very happy with those those three um you know we we spent a lot of time talking about the two true freshmen before the year in the offseason and, and you know they both looked pretty good but the, the revelation was Rashad White um we talked about him last time you know guy who 
I don't, I, I, I can't remember. The first time I heard his name was probably October. Yeah. When we were in our final prep for the, you know, and like, oh, I don't know who this guy is. And he ended up being, I think, the highlight of our offense this year. He, White wound up 42 carries for 420 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. He led also the led the team in receiving. receiving. Yards, right? yeah, yeah, with 151 <laughs> yeah. yards receiving. Yeah, yeah. He accounted for six head. total touchdowns on the offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, so it's it, that's very exciting going into next year is to have those three guys back. Um, you know, right away we saw White and Trainum played well. Nada didn't do really much of anything the first two games, but then we saw him a little more in the Arizona and Oregon State games. And and then you throw in DJ Taylor too, who didn't didn't play much at running back, but you know looked like a, a real find as a kick returner, and maybe is a, you know a future mm-hmm. running back for us. So uh, you know all four were new to the team this year, and and uh, you know all four made big impacts in a short amount of time. And so it's exciting going forward with that group. We just need the same kind of contributions from the receiving group now. Well, looking at the receiving group, um, you know, we only completed 51 passes on the season. So it's tough to take a lot away from it. Um, It 11 went to Bunkley Shelton, who very quickly became the security blanket, uh, filling in that Kyle Williams role. Uh Of the, of the four, you know, big recruits that we got at that position I think pretty easy to say he was the most successful as a freshman doesn't mean he's going to be the best of, of the four overall but as a freshman he had the the strongest the contribution year. yeah yeah um the the most talked about was Johnny Wilson he ends the year with six catches for 89 yards uh and a number of tough drops um, yeah I mean you know it was so he only played three games because he missed the Oregon State game Mm-hmm. Um, so just a very, you know, yeah, you know, we talk about an incomplete season for everybody, obviously only playing four games. His was even smaller than that. Um, progressed each game he played. Now it would be hard to not progress from that first game because he did not have a good game against USC at all. It was mm-hmm. kind of a nightmarish start, but you know, UCLA was better. And then Arizona, he had a couple down the field catches, one really tough catch, uh, you know, that was kind of a, a you know, highlight reel esque type of play. Uh, that I remember, you know, you and I mm-hmm. texted each other right at the same time about that, you know, we, we saw the flash of of the four or five star recruit that he was supposed to be on that play. So, you know, you hope that that was the beginning of something good, hopefully. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting to see where he goes from here. Yeah, uh, but but he and Bunkley Shelton at least caught passes. Uh, Chad Johnson Jr. played some uh, late minutes in the the Arizona game. game. Yeah, uh, did not have a catch, and obviously Elijah Badger was uh, academic gray shirt, so he did not play. Right. Um, Right. The rest of the receiving core. Frank Darby has announced, uh, I believe, that he's leaving, which makes sense. He had an injury plagued season yeah yeah i mean another very incomplete season played three games missed the oregon state game and missed almost the entire usc game after getting hurt early so yeah yeah i mean it it wasn't the senior year that we were hoping for you know back when last season ended and i went to the draft and you thought well maybe boy maybe we can have a you know another guy have a breakout and he'll be a first round pick that's not gonna happen um you know hopefully for him he can get drafted Mm -hmm. um you know he's a speed guy uh, so I think there's at least a decent chance he's a day three pick, you know, 
have to make an impact on special teams probably early on in his career to make a roster. But, you know, maybe he uh, he ends up being a, a fine, you know. I mean, there's guys every year that get picked on day three, and by the end of their rookie year, they're, they're vital parts of an NFL team, and maybe he could be that type of player. Well, he also benefits because he appears, at least, to have a lot of things that will be measured well at the Combine. He's yeah. a physical specimen. He's very big. Yeah. Uh, I Obviously, he is not in the same ballpark as a, a DK Metcalf type guy sure, but sure. but I think any physically imposing receiver is going to benefit this draft because of what Metcalf has done true, true. Um, yeah so yeah, it's possible someone could speed. give him a look yeah yeah no I mean I, I think you're right um you know and and is you know I mean for what it's worth and I don't maybe it's not worth much is his personality is a good one you know he he seems like he's the type who will be you know charming in interviews and and uh you know he, he could be a, a media friendly type of player for a team uh he was here you know and so that doesn't hurt i don't know if it'll get him drafted but it, it doesn't hurt his cause at least yeah now if we want to talk about the most frustrating position i think that's the quarterback Jaden daniels yeah. ended the year 49 of 84 for 701 yards five tds one pick, six sacks, but just yeah. maddening inconsistency because you see the flashes of how great yes. he could be. Yes, uh, you know? yes. And, and, you know, the two wins we got at the end, you leave feeling better because we won those games. We won them pretty convincingly, but we didn't throw it much. We didn't have to. It uh, it wouldn't be a, a Ben and Matt podcast without a dog doing something annoying. Le- Lena has picked up a squeaky toy. I was about to ask what that was. Yeah. I heard it a little earlier, and I just I kind of chalked it up, but I'm like, what is going on there? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. She's, okay. she's now got a okay. squeaky ball, and I've sat down, so she's gotten closer. It's, and what she, uh, it's squeaking. There's yeah. no doubt. Yes, yes. What, if you were wondering if the ball still works, it does. Yeah. she uh, She's doing this new thing where she's laying down in the grass, but then as soon as you think she's done – she picks up the ball and tosses it oh, to herself like a sad Charlie Brown type character. <laughs> um, I see. And then I she see. then she catches it and runs over to me to make sure I saw it. Okay. And okay. I'll be well, darned if I'm seeing every single one. Well, good, good. Okay, okay. Well, we'll just we'll press on through. But uh, but yeah, I, I was about to ask, what is that? It sounded like the sound of like someone opening a window and closing it repeatedly, like the squeak of like a sliding window. But that makes sense too. Yeah. You know? No, it's a dog toy. Okay. Uh, okay. Back but, to Jaden uh, Daniels, though. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, just tough year to evaluate. Yeah. I think. You know, I think it really he was. he showed some good things, and then. In the wins, we didn't really need much from him. We did not, no. So you wonder, like, uh, like that formula, I mean, we talked about it before the Arizona game. We didn't we didn't know we were going to play Oregon State at that point. But before the Arizona game, we both, you know, agreed, like, hey, this is a game it feels like you should be able to run the ball a ton and, and get by with, you know, less than 20 attempts. And I think we had 12, something like yeah. that, maybe not even that. In that game, um, and Oregon State kind of was the same type of game. They they had more offensive firepower, but they couldn't stop our running game. It was rainy. It was cold. Um, so that was the right way to win those games. But that's not going to work over the course of 12 games. You're going to face better teams who will not let you run the ball for, you know, 400, 300 yards, whatever, like we did in the last two games. So, you know, it's a big offseason for him, I think, because, you know, this is a tough year to evaluate. There was no flow to it at all. 
me, you know, admittedly, you know, you didn't have a full spring. You didn't have a regular lead up to the season. You started, then you stopped, then you started and played a game, then you stopped again. Um, but, you know, those those uh, excuses won't be there for you next year, I don't think. Um, you know, we, we have a better idea of, you know, what to expect now. And so it, it's an important year for him, I think, to get better and have a good 2021 because, you know, we heard – Hey, he wants to be, you know, he could be a three-year and out NFL pick. He could be, but he's going to have to show more than what he's shown so far. That's he's not there yet. Yeah, I think that Zach Hill should go work with him on play action. Um, yeah, because given how our running game was, and right. I don't, you know, obviously we don't know about the offensive line in terms of all of the returners, but you know mm-hmm. that. Uh, at least West and Henderson mm-hmm. will be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, ben, ben Scott. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear what happened to him in the Oregon State game? He got mm-hmm. hurt at the end. Was that? I never really heard anything. I didn't hear anything either. If it was significant, hopefully not. But uh, but you know he you know I mean yeah you should have some guys back. I think you know, I know we don't know for sure, but you'd think that Haddis and Deesh would both be prime candidates to take advantage of the extra year because yeah. they didn't play enough to raise their stock. They came here. They're you know they're new to the school. Like you know why wouldn't you? Um, so I mean yeah, I think you should be potentially looking at the entire group back. Would yeah. be totally surprising. Yeah, the only one who I question is Kote because I believe that right. would be year seven for him. It would, it would. Yeah, I think he he uh, he started around the same time as Brady White, who would also be going into year yeah. seven next year potentially. Uh, uh, Brady but, White uh, actually just tweeted that he's leaving. He, he's he? accepted oh, the he's accepted the opportunity to play in a you know a showcase bowl and I was hoping he could become the first decade long college quarterback but eh, darn it he gave up that's too that's uh, unfortunate but okay well yeah well I mean I guess we'll see on on Code but um, you know yeah I think it should be a pretty good group and and you know I mean gosh you look at it offensively and I, I think this is you know what you were saying there as far as Daniels like. There shouldn't be really many excuses next year for the offense to not be good. You know, I mean, this this year you could say, okay, you know, receiver, you're replacing Ayuk, you're replacing Eno Benjamin at running back, you're going to rely on a lot of new faces. Well, that shouldn't be the case, you know. I mean, I know it wasn't a full season, but they were around. You, you've had some time. You'll have a spring practice. Um, you know, you Yo. should be able to, to iron out some of the kinks. You for the first time in the Herm era, you're going to return both coordinators. Yes. Yes. Um, yes now I know Marvin uh, Lewis know. is gone, but Pierce was the coordinator. Right. Uh, right. Now, is Marvin Lewis officially gone? Did no. Say that? No, I mean, but I think it's chance. I think. Yeah. I think yeah, the expectation but, is he'll be gone. Right. Right. You know, which is okay. You know, I mean, that's that's all right. Hopefully, he's done what he was here to do, which is. Oh, get, Lena! Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming back. <laughs> We, uh, we got through almost a whole segment there. We did, we did, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, I agree. I mean, having having some continuity on the coaching staff, hopefully, which was a big, you know, a point of emphasis when we got rid of Todd Graham, and we really haven't had it since Herm's gotten here. Um, you know, some of that his fault, some of it not. Um, but you know, yeah, it'd be it'd be nice to have as much of that as possible, and. You know, again, just just take advantage of what you did have this year. Don't don't bemoan the fact you only played four games and oh, what could have been. Hey, that that was great practice for next year. You you got a chance to, to take your game on the road, 
you got a chance to play some some decent competition and some not so decent competition and and now you have a better idea of what you can be next year i think on the uh, defensive side of the ball, Tyler Johnson, five sacks, Lole a sack and a half, Mattis a sack and a half, Davidson a sack. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that's all, all of those came from the D-line, which yeah. is an amazing stat when you think about how poor our D-line was. That before. was, yeah. I mean, Tyler Johnson was really solid, and, and I mean, you know, Lole's been solid. Uh, Mattis was a find. I mean, a, a name kind of like Rashad White. Like he wasn't new to the team, but a name that, quite honestly, I didn't know much of anything about before the season started. Before you know, before that first depth chart came out, I, I maybe had heard the name, but I don't know that I could have told you anything about him. And he ended up being really, really solid. Um, that was a good group, and and you know, should hopefully again, fingers crossed, I'll be back. I think. Yeah, well, every, I mean, you know, obviously everyone can be back. Lole, whose father passed away, right. um, yeah. I, I could see him leaving because I'm not sure he, you know, this is one of those things where what more does he have to put on film at this it's point? True. He's not going to get true. any bigger. He's not going to get any taller. Right, um, right. So he is what he is. If he thinks he's got a chance to go pro, he might as well go. He but, might, he might. But, yeah. it, you know, you've had a half a season with a, an NFL defensive line coach. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. give it one more year, maybe you shoot up the boards. With um, the hope that you're playing, I mean, again, and then we'll, we'll, we've got, what, eight months to talk about it, but um, I think the hope should be you're playing high-profile games next year. Um, and, and you're, you know, and so that gets you more notice. Uh, you know, first of all, hopefully you're not waiting till November to start your season. That doesn't hurt. But, you know, just in general, I think this team should go in with very significant expectations. And, you know, I know the, the Oregon State game, the second half basically evolved into a, a discussion of, well, would Jackson he play on offense? But also, what could this team be next year? And, and I, you know, I agree with them. Like, the, the, I'm not saying they're going to win the national championship, but I think a conference title certainly should be in the ballpark of expectations. Yeah, well, and you're returning at least, well, at least you're returning Soeli in the linebacking right. core. I think you'll get Butler back. You should. I, you should. I, mean, I, I think that, you know, I would be advisable be for him to play another year. I, I would be shocked in a, in a happy way if Merlin yeah. Robertson came back. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you never know, but I, I don't think we're expecting it. Yeah, yeah. And then the secondary, you know, Fields, who led the team in tackles, is coming right. back. DeAndre Pierce, you got to think, is probably coming back. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, you know, so. Marcus Davis will be back. Jordan Clark will be back. He's good. That Davis kid was pretty good this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and Clark showed some signs. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jack Jones. Now, who knows? With him, I'm not. I'm not. No. I don't think we should count on Jack Jones. But if he's back, I mean, the, the the one full game he played, played pretty well yeah. against USC. I was I was very impressed by how he played for how inconsistent he was the year before. Would have been nice to see him play more than one game, but, you know, uh, maybe we'll see that in 2021. Yeah, but you've got uh, Jordan Clark, you've got the Markham Twins. Right, uh, right. The secondary has a lot of talent. Before you point out that our top recruit, Tommy Hill, is expected to compete in the secondary. Right, right, yeah. Well, and ho- I mean, the kid who didn't sign isn't he a corner too? He Which is. I still, uh, we're still somewhat hoping to get him from last I heard, but I don't know if it's a done deal. Well, I think there's a question of him. You know, people yeah. are wondering is he being chased by other schools? 
alternatively, yeah. is he having trouble qualifying academically? That's I heard that too. Yeah, yeah. You know, where he could end up like a, a gray shirt or something like like Badger was. Yeah. Um, which you know, hey, uh, okay, uh, we'll see. I mean, look, who knows? We, we never know with recruits, but but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I leave this year. I mean, overall, um, feeling pretty good for for a year in which we, you know, we finished with a 500 record, which you know, a, a year ago, right now, we were playing the Sun Bowl. And if you told me, you know, at that point, well, next year you'll go 500, I probably would have thought, wow, that's disappointing. Obviously had no idea what was in store for the season and all of that. But, um, you know, like overall, it's pretty solid. I mean, that's why it's disappointing that we lost those two games because we played pretty well in those two games. And and you feel like, you know, the, the margin between 2-2 two and two and 4-0 and oh this year is not that wide. Not that four and zero would have accomplished anything for us, but we were, you know, we the two games we lost, we had leads with under two minutes to go. So it wasn't like we were outplayed in either game. Yeah, I also like just glancing now over at the recruiting. Our top two recruits, if Johnson signs, and mm-hmm. our corners, but mm-hmm. then a receiver again, mm-hmm. a center. With Kote out, we're going to have competition yeah. there. And yeah. then a linebacker, a quarterback, which is probably desperately needed. Hopefully Finn yeah. Collins is up to the billing. And then another right. corner. So, yeah, you know, yeah. we're, we're just building. And, and it's are. rare to, well, to say that, but we are. We're building. We are. We are. And, and it sounds like from what we hear, they plan to be very active in the transfer market this year. You know, the, the rules have changed i believe i don't know if that's 100 percent official but it's all but that everybody's going to get a one-time transfer play right away change um and i think that's supposed to be made official in january from what i recall for every sport most sports already have it um and and you know the transfer portal i mean it's fascinating i've done it sometimes right you know you go on there and the names change every day on that 24 7 list like you see guys like, oh, they're transferring? I didn't even know that. So, I mean, it's it's going to be chock full of players. Um, and so, I, I mean, you know, we're going through the positions and who's supposed to be back and the, and the like. I think when we when we do this again in, you know, August, as we look ahead to the season, sounds like there's going to be a fair amount of names we don't know yet that will be factors, probably at all kinds of different positions. Uh, before we go away, we should talk about another – Arizona related player and that's Bijan Robinson who yes uh showed up at the Alamo Bowl dominated on 12 touches yeah and walked out as the MVP he's a heck of a finish to his season last two games were uh extremely impressive I think he had six to- six touchdowns and over 200 yards total in each game uh, in, in the last two, you know, the regular season finale against Kansas State and the bowl game against Colorado. Yeah, he uh, he opened the scoring with two touchdowns in the first quarter. Yeah. On an eight-yard run and a 14-yard pass. First play of the game, I think, was like a 50-plus-yard run, too, to get him down there. Yeah, yeah. And then he, uh, in the fourth quarter, opened the fourth quarter scoring with his third touchdown on the day. Yep, yep. He, had a, I know he, he opened both halves with, uh, you know, the, the, the first play of the second half was a 66-yard run. They scored one play later, uh, you know. So, yeah, he, uh, the, the plays we saw at South Point, uh, he, he was doing them in college. You know, no, it's, uh, I mean, it gets tougher. Uh, it's not as easy, but he's, he's making it look fairly easy so far. 
Yeah, well, this was uh, Sal Point-esque, 10 carries, 183 yes. yards. It was, it was, yeah. Now, the, the difference was I think he should have had more than 10 carries, uh, and I wasn't alone. Uh, several of the you know media people who cover Texas were asking the same question. I mean, they started out 14 nothing, and then their next three possessions, they went three straight three and outs. And he didn't see the field, not much less get the ball. He wasn't on the field. Like, where's he gone? Um, but apparently Tom Herman is, is a big believer in rotating his running backs. Uh, you know, I'm not uh, rotating is fine, but I think you keep the hot hand in somewhat. Uh, he didn't really do that in that game, but hopefully by next year, they'll get him more of the dominant role and, you know, bring the other guys in for a, a handful of snaps. But if he's that good, play him more. Yeah, well, that run, I, I'm watching the highlights while we're talking. The run he had to open the second half was yeah. was like NCAA football video game style. Yes. He's, he's going left and just foot in the ground and up the field yes. at the hole. Yes. It, it well, was, I mean, I, so I, I went and saw him play, I think it was his junior year, They, you know, his, at South Point. They played Dobson, and I remember texting him. Dobson, he's totally overmatched, admittedly. Um, but, I, you know, I went to the game in the first half, and – He's got, and you can see it still on TV, he's got kind of like a deceptive sort of speed. He's not a guy who, like, he doesn't, you know, he's not like Tyreek Hill where you watch him and think, oh, my God, that guy's really fast. But he just has an uncanny ability to just, like, break away. Um, and, and and I saw it in that game in person, and I saw it, you know, whatever night that was, Tuesday night or whatever they played, that, you know, he just, uh, you give him a little a little crack and he's gone. And he does, he does not struggle for breakaway speed. No, he is very impressive. I, the, the thing to me that I really enjoy is there was a story, it was from a high school reporter here in Tucson. He tweeted out about a memory. For, he was looking at one of Robinson's touchdowns mm-hmm. after the bowl game, and mm-hmm. he was talking about how there was a similar play in high school where Robinson took off and got called down short of the goal line even though he was pretty clearly in and right. He, he ran over to the referee and he said, I, I think I scored a touchdown on that. And the referee said, no. And he said, yes, sir. And he turned around and, and ran back to the huddle. And, and that's the kind of person who, yeah, you know, you want on your team where he's the best yeah. player and a good guy. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, you, I mean, obviously I would have rooted for him no matter where, he ended up, but uh, I like Texas, you know, and, and it's been some some leaner times for Texas the last decade or so, um, and so I'd love for him to be at the uh, at the forefront of their, you know, return to relevance would be great. Um, they're, they're still relevant, but, uh, you know, national title level contention would be awesome, you know, so we'll see, we'll see, um, you know, we'll see who their quarterback is. I, I know there was talk during that game of Ellinger could come back. If not, you know, the backup played really well when Ellinger got hurt, so we'll see. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do, you know, and, and if he keeps up at this pace, it'll be two more years and that's it. Um, because, you know, he's he's got, you know, look, it, it's always hard to project, especially running backs, maybe more than any position. But, boy, he's got the, the package that you think would be very attractive to NFL teams. If he stays healthy and stays productive, he's He's big. He's got speed. He can catch the ball. Um, you know, he's not just a power back or something. Like whether he'll be a first round pick, I don't know. I mean, that's that's tough to be a first round pick as a running back anymore. But uh, he seems to have all the physical abilities to do just that. Well, and the other thing that he's got going for him is Tom Herman is 
you know, focused on keeping the wear off the tires. True, true, which maybe will benefit him. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you know, like, uh, you know, that's there's a delicate balance there. I feel like, you know, get him some more. But, you know, is it is it positive that he, you know, isn't getting 35 carries a game to the NFL? It will be. Yeah. Um, You know, so who knows? I mean, you know, like, look, first of all, he's got to stay healthy Um, and and we'll see. But I think he's got a definite possibility to be a high draft pick if things continue on the path they're on. That's all we can say right now. At the end of next year, maybe we'll have a better feel for where he might fit and is he really that level. He's got two more years of college at least, so we'll see. But, you know, he's he's got everything you could want uh, in, in a future NFL player, it seems like. Uh, one final topic. The college football playoff begins tomorrow. Um, yes, Matt featuring another another uh, of our Sal Point alums, not maybe in as prominent a role, but Lathan Ransom playing for Ohio State. Yeah, and and may get some playing time depending on what's hey, going I, on in their secondary. Yeah, I mean he certainly like we were talking about. He did in the Big Ten title game. Now I think they're going to have some of those guys back, but uh, but yeah, I mean you know solid solid debut year for both guys, and and yeah, I mean uh, who knows? Maybe old Ransom gets himself a national championship. We'll see. Yeah, what a what a final class for the doc. You it know? was. It was. I mean, one can one can certainly see why if he was thinking about retiring, why he'd want to finish out those the, the career of those two guys. Because you know, we look. South Point's had a lot of really good players, obviously, over the last you know couple decades. That's how they've won so many games. But those two kind of stand out above everybody, I think. Um, you know, given given what where they were recruited and, and uh, just, you know, their national profile and all of that. Like, we've, we've never, I mean, you and I talked about this last year, we've never had players of that caliber, honestly. You know, we've had yeah. good players, but, but you know, yeah. five-star All-Americans. We've like, had some, like, whack Mountain West. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, but for the most part, our guys went to, you know, if they went to a major conference school, it was, it was a smaller major conference school. You know, yeah. Cam Denson was an amazing player. He went to Arizona. Is it O'Dowd? Is it O'Dowd and them as the best three? Probably so. I would say, yeah. Yeah. I mean, O'Dowd was a, was an all American five star, but you know, it's also, let's, let's just be honest. It's different being an offensive lineman. Not that they're mm-hmm. not important. They are, but you know, there's, there's something more sexy about, Robinson and Ransom, because Ransom played receiver. Robinson was the running back, obviously, um, and Ransom also played corner and safety. You know, so like they, they were just uh, more notoriety, I think. But yeah, probably prior to them, O'Dowd would have been the guy. Um, so as we head into the college football playoff, are we destined for a Notre Dame Clemson rematch? Where, where are yeah, you I at now? So, but I doubt it. I don't think we're destined for. It. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Uh, you know, in my dreams, sure, yeah, yeah. Is that uh, your but, rooting uh, interest? It is, it is. I mean, obviously, I'd like, you know, uh, you know, you know, I've, I've confessed to you, I'll, I'll confess on here, I don't have the same level of animus toward Alabama anymore. I just don't. Uh, I don't know what's happened to me over these last few years. I, I even find myself sometimes rooting for Ohio State the last couple of years, and it just feels weird. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like Clemson. Um, and I and I like Notre Dame, obviously. So I'd like to see them win. Do I expect Notre Dame to win? No, no, I don't. Um, I I expect Alabama to win. Clemson, Ohio State is a little more of a toss up to me. I don't, what do you think of that one? 
Well, I wish Ohio State would have played more games. I I, yeah, I enjoy the childish ranking them 11th and, you know, D- Dabo's kind of a jerk. Let's just like, be well, what, uh, okay. I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. He, first of all, I respect that someone makes a point and then doesn't back down when people give them crap about it. Yeah. He made the point a couple weeks ago and he hasn't backed down. And his, like, his logic is consistent. Everybody ranked ahead of them played more games. You know, I mean, if you look at his his ballot, he ranked, what, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, blah, blah, blah. I, I can't remember all 10 teams. But they were all teams from the SEC, ACC, American, you know, teams that play Big 12. I think he had Oklahoma ahead of them. Um, you know, I don't necessarily agree with his logic, but at least he's consistent in it. Yeah. I just think he's a he's a habitual line stepper, and, and <laughs> you know I, I know you don't like Dabo, and I and that's fair. I, I mean I, I don't much like Nick Saban. Now I've sort of softened on him a little the last couple of years, but um, you know I and, and I'm not even just gonna you I'm, you know at what point did things change? I was thinking about that not too long ago. When did things change for Clemson? Because it wasn't that long ago Clemson was the the plucky underdog taking down big boy Alabama. When did that change? Was it was it the second title that did it? Yeah. Well, I think what it was was the second title, and then they just there was no slippage. Like they there yeah. it's like yeah. had they yeah. slipped. Like Notre Dame right now of the four, right. Notre Dame's the plucky underdog. Oh, they are, and it's because no. there was slippage. Yeah. Like they yeah. were bad last year. Not bad, yeah. but not, not elite. Bad, but, but slipped some from, from, yeah, well, in what, four or five years ago, they were bad. Mm-hmm. Twenty Was it 2016 or 2015? They went four and eight. And, and Kelly basically, you know, remade the entire program after that season. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose that's true. It's just, it's interesting because, like, you know, was it four years ago when they won the title with Deshaun Watson? They were the, the you know, the plucky underdog. They were taking down big boy Goliath, Alabama. And I guess, you know, I mean, I guess it's just the nature of the beast, but they've become as as uh, disliked as Alabama, it seems like, well, among a lot of people. Matt, it's Patriots-Rams. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, Everyone was true. like, oh my goodness, the Patriots knocked off the greatest show on turf. And the first time it was fun. The sixth true. time it's not fun anymore. And just and just like Clemson, they won again two years later. And yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. I mean uh, when you when you win again, you kind of go from surprise upstart to certified power. And and you know, I mean they they are certified power. I mean they they recruit with the best. They get you know NFL players year in year out. And so I I guess I can see it. But it's just it's interesting how the perception has changed. The first Red Sox title was more fun than the second. No, that's true. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just interesting how it's how it's turned. But uh, I, you know, the the Dabo stuff. I mean, I I kind of like Dabo. I'll admit it. Um, uh, you know, I, I just you enjoy I a do. swagger. I do. I do. Um, and and you know, like I'm glad Ohio State's in because. Big reason I I wanted it for Justin Fields. I thought you know we we talked in July I believe when the you know football season was tenuous, and I remember even saying you know and the same for Lawrence. Those guys don't need to play. They they could have easily said thanks, but no, I'm going to sit it out. And I don't I don't um, begrudge guys who did Penny Sewell or Micah Parsons or you know Jamar Chase. I get it, 
but I, I respect that those guys wanted to play, and so I'm glad for Fields that he gets another chance to be in the playoff. Um, oh, well, I mean, and he's not alone, but he's the face of the team. Um, but I can also see the rationale behind six games really enough to know if they're that good. I, I mean, it, it, I can see why people would be upset about that. Yeah. Because it's inconsistent. Because for USC, it wasn't enough. And I'm not saying USC is as good as Ohio State. I don't think they are. And obviously, they ended up losing the Pac-12 title game, so the discussion kind of got you know shut down. But they went into conference title week both 5-0. and And Ohio State was given like a grandfather clause, basically, to be in the top four. And USC was like, well, not really that. Like, USC almost became like Cincinnati, where people were taking up their cause. Like, what's happened? That's a whole different discussion that we can have at some point. But, like, USC was almost like the the plucky underdog. Like, what? USC is supposed to be the, the stuffed shirt elite who we say, hey, enough with them. But they became, like, the media's darling for a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, that, that gets into a whole another thing that we can do at some point, maybe this offseason, about the perception of the Pac-12 and all that stuff. But uh, it was interesting because, I mean, you know, you say, well, Ohio State's an established power. Well, so is USC. Yeah, I mean, they're on the, the elite of the elite when it comes to college football history. But they were just kind of like, well, they didn't play enough. Well, they had the same number of games as Ohio State. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can see why Dabo, Brian Kelly, um, you know, Jimbo Fisher would be a little perturbed. Like, hey, wait a minute. We, we've been playing. We've been doing this for, you know, 13, 14 weeks. And you guys came in halfway through. Why are you getting, you know, a special pass in? Uh, one one unrelated unre- so we're moving off college football topic that I want to touch on. Okay. Okay. Um the NCAA not quietly but not that loudly lost an argument this week on we can't allow athletes to monetize because the NAIA allowed it to happen and this week Forbes ran a story about a freshman volleyball player at small Aquinas College in Grand Rapids, Michigan, who mm-hmm. created and monetized her social media accounts. Okay. And she is going to make like fifteen or $20,000, and she yeah. will remain eligible. And she can appear in her jersey. She can do all yeah. of these things. And yeah. the NCAA said it will cause chaos if we ever allow it. Well, now... <laughs> it's not the same, but the NAIA allowed it. Right. And, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not the same, but it, but it, in many ways it is the same. Yeah, um, there's just no reason to say, well, why is it because you're at a bigger school? Like, right. these people right. at these smaller schools are on scholarship. They're getting their education for free. That's exactly. their reward. Exactly. You know. Oh, I mean, you know I'm with you. Like, the, the idea that it would cause chaos as, as, well, it's not your point, but as you're saying, they've said. Uh, it has always been laughable to me. It's it's very easily done because it's done in almost every other walk of life. Um, it, you know, it's every other workplace, every other, uh, you know, certainly just in sports, but we can even take it to just our general workplaces. Like, you know, you work at a law firm and not everybody gets treated the same. No. That's the way it is. People have been there longer. People have different skills. People have different profiles and prestige. And, and I work at State Farm, and that's the same thing. 
and and everywhere you go, that's how it is. Like it, it's it's not you know everybody doesn't get treated equally because that's not fair. Um, yeah. And so the notion that you know, uh, I mean, let's use this year's guys. The notion that that you know Mac Jones and Devontae Smith should get the same treatment as you know the the backup center is laughable. But that's the notion that the NCAA wants us to believe, and that if and that if they don't, it's just going to cave the system in from within like it's, it's not it's just not no well and the other thing which kind of blows this up is when they say well it's unfair because the big sport athletes will get money and the small sport people won't well right. they, you know the Forbes story part of their point mm-hmm. and maybe not intentionally but by profiling a volleyball player a freshman mm-hmm. volleyball player at a small mm-hmm. school who's going to make 15 to 20,000 yeah absolutely yeah, sure. sure you know and and, 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 the, and be able to do that well yeah, and the thing is doubt. the rest of her team might not but that's okay because right. you know that's they all life. get the same starting opportunity yes 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 i i agree i mean yeah it's it, see that's the thing is like fair is not equal in this case and in many cases in life like you know equal treatment doesn't in fact a lot of times means unfair because why should the person with higher value or more ingenuity. I mean, you know, like, so the, so the freshman volleyball player probably doesn't bring a lot of value to the college in general, unless maybe they're like some sort of superstar that's in the Olympics or something, but maybe they just have a, a, you know, an ingenious way to capitalize on their little bit of fame that they can get. And, you know, we're in an era where, you know, anybody can be famous. I mean, I don't say that derisively in this case, like, you know, social media and the like has made it, it's it's easy to be famous. There's so many people out there that are famous, and you think, what exactly are they famous for? Famous for being famous. They are. Right. And and so, you know, if, if a volleyball player, a water polo player, a gymnast, whatever, can pull that off, right for them. And mm-hmm. yes, you know, the starting quarterback is likely to have more opportunities to make money than, you know, the the, the star on the volleyball team. That's true. And, and that's the way it is because once they get out of college, that's the way it is. <laughs> like, you know, if you're, if you're Trevor Lawrence, more opportunities are going to come your way to make money, not just in your sport, but other things than uh, whoever the best player on the Clemson softball team is just the way it is. You well, know, and, and the other way. thing that falls apart here is the argument of the haves and the have nots, because as we just talked about with Clemson football, there the same people are in all the time. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yes. Yes. Well, and, and we're not going to do it today because we've already been going a while. But, you know, I, I want to soon, you know, have a, a, a college football look because that's been getting a lot of talk about the same teams are in all the time. And, and, and yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, we're already in that. We've always been in that. This is not new. People act like this is some sort of new phenomenon that, you know, college football has a few elites. The elites change. But, you know, back when we were in college, it was, it was what? It was USC. It was Oklahoma, who's still there, by the way, who's still one of the elites. Uh, you know, Ohio State, a little bit. Michigan. You know, I mean, it, it was a handful of teams that you went into the year knowing the champion was going to come from among them. Alabama and Clemson weren't among them at that time. They are now. It's cyclical. You know, it, it won't last forever with these teams. But that's always how college football has been. It's, it's never been a sport where you started the year and thought, boy, there's 60 teams that have a chance to win a title. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. I agree with you. It's just not like it, it's just 
and this is the NCAA in a nutshell, it is perpetuating a fiction yes. for the sake of perpetuating yes. the fiction. Like, we're, yes. uh, you know, yes. we can keep pretending. It's just like, you know, and schools are treating the NCAA as wanting, you know, they know they want to honor the fiction and they want to keep things the way they are. Right. That's why U of A basketball took a one year of suspension and is right. hoping that that's enough. That's enough. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, gosh, you know, we could we could go on for hours with things that, you know, should or maybe should be changed about college sports. They never all will. Uh, you know, I mean, but I, I think we're getting closer to some of the things. I think, you know, the transfer stuff we talked about a little bit ago, the the name image likeness stuff that seems to be near. Michigan uh, it's not quite just made there. it. Uh... A, another name image likeness law passed for the state of Michigan. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, there's several, I know that are, you know, working their way through Congress and whatnot. And people, I, I know a couple weeks ago, there was the big proposal by Cory Booker and a couple other people that I, you know, I read the details and a lot of it was interesting to me. Um, you know, there were, there were a few things that I'm like, eh, I don't know, but uh, probably 90% of it resonated with me completely. Like, yeah, should be that way. Um, I don't know if, uh, you know, not sure any person has the, any one group has the power to really institute all this change at once. Cause as we've discussed, nothing changes slower than college sports, but, um, you know, we're, we're progressing. I think we're getting there to where in, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, while it's incremental, we'll look back and probably think, wow, it's sure different than it was in, in 2019, 2021, those type of things. You're absolutely right. I think we're not going to get into any more than that today, so this seems like a good place to to put a bow yes. on it. Well, we'll we'll talk more about this. Maybe uh, you know January's got NFL playoffs, and you know, but uh, you know, maybe maybe in January, maybe February, yeah. Before we get too far out from college football, we'll we'll have a better uh, a better discussion of all this and what could be done about the playoff and ideas and all that fun stuff. But we'll we'll put a bow on it for now. Well, until next time, which will be next year, he's Matt. I will. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.